Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fund Podcast. Today, our guest is Vince Fowler. Thank you for joining us, Vince. My pleasure, Tammy. So, Vince, would you like to tell our listeners a bit about what you do? Yeah, you bet. So, I envision a world where small business owners live life on their terms. And on their terms, to me, means that they have an abundance of time, money, um, rich relationships. By that, I mean value-based relationships, not superficial relationships, and the health to enjoy it all. So, I spend my days exploring and implementing wisdom of past and present so that my clients and others can live life on their terms. Um, I do that through coaching professionally as a business coach, as a speaker, as a workshop and seminar facilitator. So those are my four vehicles, coaching, speaking, workshops and seminars that allow me to to um, change the world. Uh, somebody totally after my own heart. I completely agree with you, and we need more people living their lives and running their businesses that way. That's for sure. The world would be a much better place. It absolutely would. And what is your family situation, Vince? So I'm married to my best friend and wife, Danita. We have two little children. Hayden, our daughter, is eight and our favorite daughter. And Hudson is our son, who is six and is also our favorite son. So you've got your hands full dealing with two young ones at home and running a business. It keeps us young. We purposely pulled them out of day home back in the day so that we knew it would be chaotic. We knew it, and it was. But we wanted to create an environment where we spent as much time with our children as possible. Instead of using our business as an excuse why we couldn't, we used it as a reason why we could. I remember setting up my business that way so that I could be a mom and run a business because it's really hard to be a full-time mom and run your life or a dad for that run your life the way you want when you're working around other people's schedules and demands that you don't have the control of yeah and you know with parents parents i mean that's one of the most important jobs in the world being a parent if someone's gonna have kids you know that's a job that we take really seriously and both my parents had businesses but we didn't see them very much. They, you know, my dad worked eight days a week and my mother was always self-employed largely from home, but I grew up resenting them and their businesses because it took them away from us. And that was, you know, that's an environment I don't want my children to experience. So, um, that's, that's one of the reasons why we did what we did. And we just, you know, 
apart from health, health is our highest value. If I don't have my health, I can't be a great dad or be a great husband. But family is our number one core value as the family, uh, because we're all, we're all that we have, if nothing else. That's how we make decisions. And then I guess I'll finish that off actually. Um, our next, our values after that are learning, sharing, and wealth. So I want my kids to always be learning and to always use that knowledge to help others. And wealth is very important value in our family. So we make decisions uh, based on our values. Yes, we can afford it, but we choose not to buy it would be an example of using the value of wealth in action. I like that you're so very clear. Like everybody talks about their values and, and, and most of the people in my world for sure being business owners and, and very personal growth-minded people, we're aware of them, but very few people can go, okay, yes, these are my, my goals and my, my values in order, and the fact that you talk about them with your kids and stuff all the time, I think that's absolutely fabulous. We want them to make, thank you, we want them to make decisions based on values. I think any time any person or company or organization makes decisions that they don't fill when they don't filter those values they're sorry when they don't filter those decisions through their values i think that's when people run into trouble so um when we when we stay true to our values so you know family being a core value um I, i'll someone will say hey can we grab can i have your time can we meet at x time now if just making money in my company was the number one driver i would i would say yes but i say well no i don't work weekends and evenings because my family comes before that. So I've always been very strict with my coaching schedule not to compromise my weekends and evenings. So I had that for my family. Secondly, I've constructed my coaching schedule to allow me to always have Friday and always have Monday off, which allows me to volunteer at my kid's school, which allows me to go to sports day, which allows me to, you know, whatever. It allows me to do things with them when, because if they're, let's, kids have all these you know, when teachers have PD days, mm-hmm. uh, uh, kids are going to be home again. And those PD days are almost always a Monday or a Friday or both. Yeah, or both. So, my, my daughter's off on this Friday, and I'm going, how do people who, quote, unquote, run normal lives deal with all of that? Yeah. So that's how I use the core value of family in action. And, and for anybody listening, it's you know, first define the values, but then tell me what those values look like in action so I can recognize the behavior. Well, so. values is, a, is, is when I'm, I'm working with people and teaching them, your values are your compass. When, when you, like you said, put your decisions through them, are you on track or are you off track? Correct. And more uh-huh. people need to be thinking that way. Well, with your kids being so young, and like I said, you are so upfront and able to articulate it, what are your kids noticing that are different from when how you and your lovely wife are, are running your household and making your decisions, looking after things, compared to like the kids that they're <laughs> going to school with that are more normal? <laughs> um, we so a number of things. Our kids call us out on things all the time, and and I believe it's because we have these value based conversations. So. Uh, we are always commenting on how important health is. So if my kids see me eating something and they think it's got sugar in it, my, both my kids look for sugar on, on the nutrition label. And, um, there was a time when sugar really affected my health, uh, a couple of years ago. So they would say, dad, that's got too much sugar in it. You shouldn't have that. Or if it's sleep, 
they'll ask me, did you get enough sleep last night? Or um, they know that play is really important for creativity. And so they'll ask us like, hey, we haven't played yet today, you know? So they they participate. Now that they're six and eight, we're having real conversations with them. And it's a lot of fun, you know, because um, because they're engaged. You know, I would never have in my in my youth had called my parent, you know, hey, dad, I think you're having too much sugar. Uh, should you be eating that ice cream? I'd probably get the backhand say, hey, none of your business. Or if I called my parents out on sleep, they'd say, well, look, we didn't get sleep because we have a business to run. Whereas my kids know that if I don't get my sleep, it will affect the business. Right. They see it the other way. There's a big difference between how we were raised in our generation and, and the things that we have learned and are na- now able to put into play for our kids. Yeah. And I, I think it's I think it's a really good thing because yes, like you're pretty much my generation. A lot of the same stuff coming out of my family too. It's like you don't talk about it, you don't question it. You're the kid. Shut up. <laughs> like I grew up with a very safe environment for the most part, I would say like I wasn't, uh, I mean, barring I ran with scissors, I didn't wear a seatbelt and I didn't wear a bicycle helmet, you know, it turned out all right. Yeah. So, um, I think we're just able to take the best of what we grew up with and then add additional value to it. And we have in this day and age, we have access to technology like never before we can do those sorts of things. So that's just one piece that is different for our kids today that when you and I grew up just wasn't there yeah and I think we talk a lot more about it and I I don't know about you but my my parent well my mom was quite a bit younger when she started having us my dad was quite a bit older but my husband and I we were definitely much older when we decided to have our daughter and and much Mm -hmm. more established and and able to make a conscious decision to have kids rather than always running around and like my parents worked so hard and they were always just working to like keep food on the table and the roof over our heads and all of that and that's where their priority was and it had to be where with my husband and I like I said we were we waited till we were older and and better established and it's it's been easier for us in a lot of ways because of those things so you said that wealth was definitely one of your goals and one that you, you talk about with your kids. So when when you're talking about like the wealth value and stuff, what are some of the discussions you have as a family? So, yeah, our value of wealth, again, is always the abundance of time, money, uh, time, money and rich relationships and the energy or health to enjoy it all. So um, how we do that, especially in terms of money, is our kids will ask us for things and they know they just, they figured out now that we can afford certain things. You know, we could eat out every night if we wanted to. And, and our kids will ask us, Hey, can we go out? And we say, well, no. And then my daughter would say, well, don't, do we have, don't we not have money? And of course we have money. Well, then why don't we do it? Because we can make a more nutritious meal at home and it keeps more money in our pocket. So we can have that conversation with her. When it comes to saving or for things, you know, she'll say, Hey, I want that. And I said, Great. You know, in the beginning, we still say, Well, who do you ask? And she, I know Uncle Rob, which is my brother, my wife's brother. Anytime we didn't want to buy something for our kids, we just say, You got to ask Uncle Rob for that. Cause then Uncle Rob was always the bad guy for not getting it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was just a joke. But now we have, um, we, we've discussed this at length 
both my wife and I grew up with an allowance. How we grew up with an allowance didn't really add value other than money in my pocket. It didn't teach me anything really about money other than I had to save up how many allowances to get something. But we, again, when in terms of wealth, time, money, and rich relationships and the health to enjoy it all, when we, we've just solidified this on the weekend actually. So they get $4 a week, which my son Hudson is just, he doesn't know it, but he's laughing because he's, he's six and he's getting paid the same as his eight year old daughter who percentage wise has more 25% more life experience than him. And she's making the same money as him. But, um, so they get $4 a week. $1 goes into charity, which is the Alberta Health or the Alberta Children's Hospital Foundation. Um, we were at their mercy when our husband, when our son was born very, very sick. So that's, that will forever be our number one charity there. Mm-hmm. $1 goes to long-term savings for whatever it is that they're looking for. And the other two, they can go spend on whatever they want. That mechanism or those rules or those guidelines will mature and change as they grow. But for now, you know, that's the ones we're playing with for now. And so, um, that said, they still ask, well, how do we make more? Right. (laughs) On the, my daughter has just found out about, I don't know what they're called. These little characters, they're super small dolls that wear clothes and and pocket. Is that it? They look like mice or cats or something oh well my daughter's huge into lps and then for a while there when she was a bit younger it was the the poly pocket stuff (laughs) yeah i don't know what these are i forget the name they found it at um some toy store down here in southeast forget at any rate she wants more of them (laughs) but she's definitely her mother's daughter because she said can we find any on kijiji and i love it because my wife has furnished our entire house largely with Kijiji, other people's beautiful stuff that for whatever reason, and she finds like we've got leather sofas and chairs. We've got a beautiful hardwood kitchen and dining room set. Like we've got some really nice stuff and all of it is off Kijiji. It's hilarious. So our daughter is like, yeah, is it on Kijiji? Cause she knows Kijiji's often going to be less, less, uh, cost less money than say retail, right? Yeah. Very much. So I knew nothing about, you know, secondhand so much. So at her age versus retail. So, so she's thinking like that and our son just can't help, but think the same because he's, everything's a discussion. So he's just along for the ride and thinking the same way. Oh, that's fabulous. My, my daughter uh, discovered garage sales because she's big into uh, the, the LPS stuff. So she loves thrift stores and yes, Kijiji, she'll go on and, and she's gotten, some of her favorite things off of their garage sales. And she just, she's even learning to negotiate quite well. We went. Ah, very good. Yeah. We went to Hawaii a few years ago. My mother is fabulous at like the bargaining and the negotiating. Yeah. And I said, you got to go watch grandma. She's really, really good at this because they have this, this, um, it used to be the Hawaiian marketplace, but they, they're tearing that Mm. down and turning it into condos or whatever, but they still have this shopping area where there's the different carts and stuff. So my daughter thought it was fabulous to learn from grandma on how to negotiate. (laughs) Yeah. And those are skills that will take them forever. (laughs) Our, uh, so you make a great point. We, um, in our house, we call it sales skills. 
I have this belief that if, if a person can earn a customer from a product or service that they make, create, um, buy low, sell high, whatever it is, that they will never go hungry. That's my belief. Oh, um, I fully agree. So we always encourage them to, you know, negotiate terms, right? You know, and they, and it started off with, uh, my daughter would say, well, can you read another book? Now, in my mind, when we went to bed, you bet I'm reading two books, but I only told her one. So she will, she will try to sell me on the idea that I, I should read another book. So sometimes I make it easy for her and sometimes we don't. But the, the lesson learned is you don't get if you don't ask. So, but you have to make, I said to my daughter, you just got to make it win-win. You got to make it so there's a benefit to me and a benefit to you. If it's just a benefit to you, it's not win-win. It's, Mm -hmm. you're not going to, you're not going to influence me enough. So she works very hard at eight and a half to, to, to get her way. And we um, will tell her, great job, Hayden. You're, you're right on money. You're just not going to win this one today, but tomorrow try again. And she will remember, Hey, tomorrow, Hey dad, you said, so there she just picks up where she left off. Yeah. And those, those are skills that, that kids are naturally very good at, but Unfortunately, most families and society and school train that out of them. Correct. And does it such a horrible disservice? Here's what's, here's something very interesting. I just, I was reminded of it on Friday. As children, we are born with two fears. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Everything Every, else we teach them. Everything else they've learned because we, or the system or whatever has taught them. So we do our best to not let our negative story become their story. And we do our best to, to undo whatever we think the school may have done. And so far, I think everything's fine, but it'll get to a point where I think we're, you know, we want them to continually think entrepreneurial to continually think of there, is there a better way to can, instead of saying, well, I guess I'm never going to get that, toy that class that widget whatever is okay so how else can i get it how else can i earn it yeah the the ability to learn how to solve problems and negotiate the world on their own i just finished watching a really really good ted talk about a woman who's talking who's speaking all about um how over parenting and the helicopter parenting is really really harming our kids because we're not letting them grow and, and learn who they are and how to look after themselves and simple basic things like chores because we're so many people we want the best for them so we're giving them these checklist lives and parents are always interfering and rather than letting the kids make their mistakes and learn things on their own and how to deal with their emotions and, and negotiate and, and sell and take care of themselves. It's kind of like putting wild animals into captivity. If entrepreneurs and parents raising children, um, if we over-parent, helicopter parent, it's no different than taking a wild animal and putting it in at captivity and then expecting it to survive on its own without them. It's not going to happen. So if you were to make sure that your kids have learned three things about money to feel that you and your wife have been successful as parents, what are the three things you'd want your kids to know? 
Number one, don't burn money. Physically, do not burn it. Um, they see it in the movies. Pablo Escobar used money to stay warm. <laughs> and on a cold night, he had millions stashed away in the wall. I would encourage them not to be in that situation where they'd have to burn their drug money to stay warm. <laughs> but the lessons I want them to learn is, unlike time, we can make more money. We can make mistakes with money and make more of it. Whereas time, when we lose time, we've lost it. We don't get it back. Time is, is a resource that we're losing. Whereas money, I want them to take certain risks. I want them to calculate risks. I want them to look at data. But I don't want them to be afraid to spend money on something or invest money into something because of some sort of unknown fear. Instead, you know, what can you measure before you make the decision? What data can you find before you make your decision? How long are you going to spend that money until you realize I'm throwing good money after bad? So that's really, at the end of the day, the biggest lesson we want to know about money and to understand that we can make more money when we have some money. We um, having having zero money is not helpful. So it, you can get going. It's kind of like trying to start a fire in a monsoon. Sooner or later, you're going to create heat, but it won't be very. It won't scale very fast. Whereas if you can keep the fire going, in other words, manage cash flow, manage expenses in their life, they don't have to have the best of everything at. At that point in time, what can they make do on? In other words, open up Kijiji or, you know, some buy and sell on Facebook, get resourceful uh, and make do so that they can survive the inevitable lean times in their life. Anybody can enjoy life when when money's plentiful. It's um, it takes patience and awareness to get the most out of life when money is not very plentiful. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. And I think actually through my experience personally and, and through dealing with clients and businesses for years, it's really important that they learn that resourcefulness and how to get through the lean times. Because I've seen businesses that destroyed themselves because they had too much money and they never had to be resourceful or actually think about what the problems were. They just kept throwing money at it until it ran out of money. Yeah, yeah when you start with nothing... Or lean, or you have those times, you have to think about, okay, how can I, how can I solve this problem without money? And those, those are vital skills to have in, in life and business and in everything. My, my parents, uh, the more I reflected on your topic, my parents, the more I thought and ideas came by, but my parents were really good in, in a, in a few ways. They, they, um, when it came to the allowance, they created a mechanism so I could always earn more. Now, we lived on a hobby farm, so there was no shortage of work. And a lot of work tasks had a, a dollar figure um, associated with some work tasks had none. You just part of your job as a yeah. as a as a family member meant you I had to I just had to do this. But but um, another thing was that they would say if you want of anything you will pay half it was a big purchase it was a it was a brand new 10 speed bike so they paid half for that they paid half for my motorbike they on my motorbike they would pay half of the maintenance as long as the maintenance wasn't from reckless driving yep. and it was just normal wear and tear i was responsible for my own gas so it gave value when i I noticed uh, there was a few kids in my class that when they hit 16 or when they graduated high school, they got brand new cars. 
And I've worked at a private school a number of years ago where that was the case where kids would get a brand new car for their birthday. Uh, anything from a brand new, say, Toyota pickup. In one case, a person, this one person, she got a Discovery Range Rover for her 16th birthday. So, and everything in between. My kids will never get a brand new car for their birthday. Um, my father helped me buy my first car. It was $400. It was a Buick Skylark, a 1975 Buick Skylark. It was, um, blue and rust. It's a beautiful car, yep. two door. And I loved that car. I took great care of that car because I couldn't drive it off the, off the property until I paid him back for it. So I, I did, but I loved that car right up until I crashed it and rolled it and destroyed it. And that's why my dad didn't give me a brand new car or let me drive his car. I, I don't lend my, I've never been willing to lend my vehicles until I, until I understood insurance and who's got it and who doesn't. And if I, today, if someone wants to borrow my car and I understand the insurance coverage, then I'm covered. It's just a vehicle, but my children will pay for their own car and they'll know it long before the day ever comes that they need to have it. Well, when, when kids have to have to work for something or financially contribute and all that, they appreciate a lot more and they, they understand where I, yes. Um, when I was first working in the independent side, um, our office was right behind Western Canada high school and you'd see these like 16 year old kids driving Mercedes and brand new Porsches and all that stuff. Right. And they couldn't drive to save them lives. And, and they didn't work for it. It was just given to them because their parents had money. And in a lot of the cases, the parents threw money at them and, and gifts and cars rather than ever spending any time with them. And I'm going, yeah. that's not healthy on any level. I don't view that as healthy parenting at all. No. Um, if my, I drive a Mercedes, my daughter will uh, one day want to buy a car, drive mine or whatever, but she will know what she has to do to be able to drive any vehicle, regardless if it's a Mercedes or not. Yeah. Um, my, and that was, that's a lesson I learned from my parents. Like people work very, parents work really, really hard for the things that they have, the money they earn. And it, they know that it, and because they work so hard for it, they take such great care of it. And, uh, the teenage brain doesn't understand a certain, I forget the exact language. I learned it from my sports psychologist. Uh, our brain doesn't have the ability to reason that part of our brain is not fully developed until we're 21 years old, roughly, yep. which means when my 16 year old goes out and speeds and get a speeding ticket, they think it's the police officer's fault and their speed camera. And they just have no ability to reason with, you know, um, action versus consequence. Right. So while they're experimenting with speed, it won't be in my vehicle. It'll be in the one that they paid for. Yeah. And if they crash it, hopefully they don't. <laughs> They'll crash their car, hopefully, and not mine, because that's what I did. I crashed three cars, but completely wrote one off. Um, but I, I learned my lesson that what I work for and what I, I value more and I take better care of it if I've worked for it versus here you go, here's a, 
you know, it doesn't matter if it's a car, it could be flames tickets. I've mm. given flame tickets away and only to find out that they actually never used them because the, there was no value in the gift. Oh, and that's such a waste. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they got to pay for something. Even now, my daughter will say, hey, can we go uh, to Menchie's or to Yogurtie's? Sure, but uh, we went the other day, and I paid, so how much are you paying this time, I'll say. And she'll go to her purse, and she'll pull out, well, I have a dollar. And we know that that's not going to cover more than three mouthfuls. Huh? All right, you got it. So she'll contribute a dollar, and I'll I'll fork out the other three. Yep. But she contributed, and she understands that. Yeah, yeah, there's an exchange in value. So, yeah, it's fun. It's really, really fun with them. It is. Our, our, we have so much opportunity to learn from our kids and from figuring out how to teach them. Yeah, because they're very—they're just naturally curious, right? And they don't have the hang-ups that that as an adult I've grown up with. So, as I work hard to unlearn my hang-ups and teach them better skills, they will be much more resourceful in the future. And uh, you know, I get that we can. Money's not everything. But a city like Calgary is significantly different from a cost of living perspective than another city. Yes. And if they want to choose to live in New York, let's say, that's going to be even potentially a higher cost of living. So great. Let's figure out how we're going to finance this and what do we need to do so that we can save for the future, so we can create lifestyle for the future and a few other things. Um you know, those sorts of things. And so that them being six and eight, we're biting off the battles we believe we can win and introduce new ones as they as they grow and mature and whatnot. Well, thank you very much for joining us. This has been a great conversation. Well, thank you. I think what you're doing is excellent, so I encourage you to keep up. Uh, keep doing it because um, these resources occur, obviously didn't exist when you and I were kids, but there's going to be people, if you haven't heard the feedback already from that have tripped over your podcast for one reason or another, or were recommended or referred to it, who will learn some really interesting life lessons thanks to you. So stay at it because the lack of financial literacy in this country is quite sad. So, uh, so I'm glad you're doing it. Well, thank you very much. My pleasure. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundations Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.